What's up, New York City? This is Tom Chavez of the NYC Video Podcast, the show that spotlights talented filmmakers, discusses industry trends, and zeroes in on local resources available to our community here in New York. For this week's episode, I'll be sharing a few tips for filmmakers on how to find leads as a filmmaker in NYC. Working as a freelancer requires a lot of discipline and strategic planning. There's something called lead generation, which is the process of searching for job prospects. The longer you hustle and work as a freelancer, the easier it becomes to find work because people already know you. They know your skills. They know that you have a great attitude on set. For those of you who are just starting out though, you need to actively seek out jobs and build your network as fast as possible in order to make a viable living. Social media has definitely helped out a lot of people connect and to find jobs, but there are other avenues that you can explore to meet the right people who are in a position to get you jobs. After listening to this episode, if you have any additional techniques that have worked for you, please consider sharing them with the rest of the community in the NYC Video Podcast Facebook group. Now, without further ado, let's jump into today's 15 tips to find work as a freelance filmmaker right here in New York. This week's episode is sponsored by yours truly, Tom Chavez, and my video lighting company, Mastershot Films. Since 2008, tons of productions have entrusted the Mastershot team to handle all things lighting on their interview and social media videos. The Mastershot crew of gaffers and key grips deliver and operate lighting and grip equipment throughout New York and New Jersey in our two-ton vans. Visit our website to see a virtual tour of our vans and gear. I'll drop the link in the show notes. And now, back to the show. Okay, so you are ready to work on film shoots, but you don't have any clients yet or you're struggling to find work. Here are my top 15 ways that I normally use to try to find work and drum up work whenever things are a little bit slow. Tip number one, short films are a great way to start working on set, especially if you're just starting out. Barrier of entry is usually pretty low. You're not vetted as thoroughly as you would, let's say on a big commercial job or a big feature film. A lot of producers who are in charge of hiring the crew to work on these different short films, they're able to bring people on that don't have necessarily a lot of experience, but they also don't charge as much as say someone that's really established that's been doing this for many, many years. So short films, like I said, they're a great way just to find work, especially when you just got out of film school or if you just started to work as a filmmaker, it's a great way to get on set and meet people. Right now, because so many events like networking events have gone virtual, meeting people face to face is really, really hard. There are like online virtual seminars and networking events, but again, the virtual nature of these events really doesn't allow for face to face contact as much as you would, let's say working with someone for 10 to 12 hours on set. So again, short films are just a great way to see people meet them, see how well they work under pressure. And especially if they're working for very little money, if they still do a great job, usually those people will do an even better job possibly if they are actually getting paid industry rates and commercial rates. So again, short films are just a really great way to get your foot in the door. If you have you know some free time during the week or on the weekend, a lot of short films shoot during holiday breaks on weekends. So it's a good way to just get on set and meet people. Tip number two, make friends with department heads. This is also another really, really good way to find work. Department heads are usually in charge of the different departments on a film shoot. So you have sound department, you have camera department, you have the production department, you have PA department. Each of these departments is usually run by one or two people. So by knowing who they are and getting their contact info, it makes it a lot easier for you to not only befriend them on set, but be able to follow up with them after the shoot's done. So for me, I work as a gaffer and I specialize in lighting and working very closely with cinematographers. And cinematographers are usually the people that recommend me to producers. So my goal is to befriend a lot of cinematographers and work closely with them and show them that I'm actually qualified and I know what I'm doing when I'm on a shoot. So what I do is I try to meet cinematographers on set and then I make sure that I notate their names, phone numbers, email addresses, and websites. And I follow up with them usually a couple weeks, maybe a month after the job is done 
and I just send them a quick little follow-up email just saying, hey, it was great working with you on XYZ job. Loved working with you. Here's a link to my website in case you don't have it. It shows examples of what I've done in the past. Feel free to reach out if you have any jobs coming up where you might need a gaffer and you know a small little G&E truck. So just being able to stay in contact with department heads. Department heads are always working, usually been doing this for a number of years. They have already established a lot of connections. So because they're constantly working, for me as a crew member, it's great to partner up or to approach department heads because they're gonna be able to get me work. So again, by just emailing them, offering them my assistance, letting them know that I loved working with them and that I'd like to continue that relationship, it makes it a lot easier for department heads to get work and then get me work by just approaching them and offering my services. Tip number three, Facebook groups. Nowadays, Facebook is pretty much the elephant in the room. Everyone is on Facebook for the most part. It's just a really useful tool to be able to find pretty much anything. But there are specific like industry groups that are really helpful. And I see people posting on there to find crew all the time. There's Facebook groups like Local Zero Heroes, which I've mentioned in the past. There's Cinematography Salon. There's NYC camera owner operators and producers. There's WareSpot. There's just like a ton of just different industry specific groups. And like I said, in these groups, there's constantly producers or cinematographers, hair and makeup artists searching for assistance on their different shoots that they have going on. So by joining these groups, you'll be alerted really quickly when there's a producer in your area looking for a specific role that you hopefully you can fill. Another great thing about these Facebook groups is that your colleagues, if they're not available for that specific job, they can usually recommend you for a specific job. So just by being part of those groups, you can actively participate in those like discussions and you can also promote your craft, your services and be able to connect with producers or whatever department head that's looking for help on whatever shoot they're doing, whether it's a narrative shoot. And when I say narrative shoot, like it's like a short film or a documentary or a feature film, or you can also work on commercial shoots, which usually pay a little bit more money. They're usually shorter duration. So short films are a little bit longer. Feature films are also a little bit longer. Commercial jobs are usually one or two day jobs where it's really easy for crew members to jump on and jump off when they're in between projects. But anyway, Facebook groups are, like I said, a really good way to connect with other filmmakers. Tip number four, while we're on the topic of social media, um, using Instagram and LinkedIn is also a really, really useful way to be able to find work and connect with other department heads and filmmakers that can hopefully get you more work. On Instagram, I can't tell you how many times I've reached out to different cinematographers and complimented them on their reel or a spot that they shared. And they reached out back to me, we started talking, and then we ended up working together a couple weeks or you know a month or two down the line just because of that simple DM that I sent another cinematographer. So. Just keeping an eye out on who's creating stuff and being able to engage with them on social media is really helpful. Different social medias attract different people. Just from my kind of research and experience, I found that a lot of cinematographers and people that create visual stuff work a lot more on Instagram, whereas producers have the tendency to have LinkedIn pages. LinkedIn is a really good platform where you can basically post your credentials. A lot of producers who've worked on different TV shows, a lot of different movies, they have like their resumes on there and they're able to kind of connect with different companies, private companies or production companies. They tend to use LinkedIn a lot more. I'll look for producers who are on LinkedIn and when I'm looking for say cinematographers because I want to connect with them and get work through them, I'll look for them usually on Facebook or Instagram. Tip number five. Another method that I've used in the past to find work is by finding owner operators. So owner operators are usually people who own their own equipment and use their own equipment on set, which is really helpful because it gets them a lot of work. And when they usually get a lot of work, I'm able to 
befriend them and hopefully get work through them. The way I find owner operators is by using websites like KitSplit or B&H or ShareGrid. Usually with these owner operators that own the equipment, they'll basically list themselves on these websites and then I'm able to read user reviews. And by reading the user reviews of specific owner operators, I can tell right away which market they're based in. So I'm looking for owner operators that are here in New York. So I'll basically select, let's say on KitSplit, I'll select owner operators that live in and around New York and that are camera owners. And by that, I can basically zero in on local cinematographers or assistant camera people, people who generally get me work, and I'm able to look them up on Facebook and start that conversation that I mentioned earlier through Instagram or on Facebook. Just reaching out to them, sending them a message, letting them know that I work also in film production and that hopefully I can assist them on their shoots. Again, it just makes it a really easy way for me to connect with local owner operators in my area. B&H is also kind of similar. I'll usually do a little bit of research and find out what kind of gear is trending, whether it's a specific camera, a specific lens, or maybe a new light. And then I will basically go and search for that piece of equipment on B&H. And oftentimes, people that purchase pieces of equipment from B&H's website, they'll leave user reviews about what they thought about that you know, specific piece of gear. So I'll try to go through the user reviews of a specific camera, let's say. And I'll find, let's say, John Milken. He bought a Ari Alexa. And he left a little like user review saying that he loves using his camera because X, Y, and Z. I'll then go to Facebook, look up John Milken, and I'll see that, okay, this guy's based here in New York and he's been shooting for a number of years. Let me reach out to him because I'm also, because I, I work in lighting and, you know, cameramen usually hire lighting technicians. So it'd be a good match. He's a viable lead for me to reach out. So being able to reach out to leads that are in my area really makes it easy. And BH's user reviews usually makes it really easy for me to find people that are local. Tip number six. Okay, my next tip is Clubhouse. Clubhouse uh, really recently just popped up on like, everyone's radar. They're an invite-only platform where filmmakers can kind of just talk shop and have discussions about specific things, whether it's you know filmmaking techniques or they can just talk about film reviews and all that kind of stuff. So it's a really good way to network with filmmakers. Even though we can't attend face-to-face -face networking events in person, we can at least meet other filmmakers and talk with other filmmakers through these platforms. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Clubhouse, it's basically like these old chat rooms, but instead of everyone typing out, you know, whatever they want to say, it's literally just like as if you were standing in a hall talking to other people, but you can't see them. So it's good because you can hear people's voices. You can chime in with advice or tips, or you can disagree with people and just generally have a conversations with other people that are in your industry. So Clubhouse, I know, has a bunch of different filmmaking groups. I know Jax Coney, who I interviewed a couple months ago on the podcast. She now has her own Clubhouse group. So these kinds of Clubhouse groups are super useful because, again, you can just communicate and network with other filmmakers who are hopefully in your area and can get you work right away. If you, let's say, hear someone talking in a clubhouse room and they sound interesting, smart, they know what they're talking about, it might be worth just reaching out to them via Facebook or via Instagram or LinkedIn and just let them know, hey, I really liked what you said about X, Y, and Z in today's clubhouse group. Let's chat. Like, I'd love to talk more about you. I'd love to assist you on set. I'd love to, you know, carry anything you might need carried if you need help on a shoot, if you need help setting up a camera or if you need help holding a boom. Anything like that, that can basically just show that you're offering your assistance to these filmmakers who are having discussions. Again, a great way to just meet and network with other filmmakers who are constantly working and can hopefully get you work as well. Tip number seven, rental houses. So rental houses are a great way to meet other filmmakers because filmmakers are constantly coming in through rental houses. So if you'll say you're a sound engineer, you may want to go to Gotham Sound because there's a lot of 
pretty much every sound engineer has gone through Gotham Sound at one point or another. And from what I've heard, I'm not a sound engineer. I've never been to Gotham Sound myself, but I've heard that the people that work there are really useful and really helpful to the sound community here in New York. So it might be really worthwhile just going there, talking to the people that run the place, talking to the managers and let them know, hey, I'm just starting out. Do you know of any sound engineers that are local here that might need a hand that I can kind of shadow them or intern for them? Usually these kinds of rental houses are all about creating connections and being just a really helpful resource for filmmakers because they know that once you climb the ladder and you start becoming a professional sound engineer and you start getting jobs, you'll rely on them as a resource to rent from. So again, rental houses are just a great, great, great resource that New York has a lot of. So make sure to use of them. Tip number eight, studios. So studios are a great way to find work because there's constantly people coming in and out of studios to shoot. And there's photo productions, video productions, there's commercials, there's films that all get shot in studios. So if you get an opportunity or if you find that you have, you know, maybe one day a week, uh, maybe on a weekend to spare, try and see if you can either intern or get a job or a part-time job at a studio. Because again, like I said, productions are constantly coming in and out of studios. So being able to kind of be exposed to all of these different filmmakers, all these different production companies in one place is really useful. With these studios, if you start working at a studio, always try to make sure that you ask someone on the crew for a call sheet. Because again, the call sheet will have all of the information of the crew that's working on that production. So let's say you're interested in working on a beauty or specializing in beauty shoots. If you're working at a studio and let's say a commercial for Revlon is being shot there, you may want to befriend the makeup artist or the cinematographer or the sound engineer or the producer of that specific shoot and you're able to try to get more work. So again, working at studios, you see tons of productions and filmmakers that are coming through there all the time. It's a great way to get your foot in the door and start meeting people in the industry. Some of the more popular studios that I've worked at are Space 28, Gary's Loft, uh, Home Studios, Windmill Studios, Milk Studios, Be Electric here in Brooklyn. Anyway, there's a whole number of different studios that you can potentially work at or intern at. So if you do a quick Google search, you should be able to find a bunch of different studios in and around either Manhattan or Brooklyn or Queens and be able to just send your resume, let them know that you're interested in assisting them. If you have a background in film production, that'll definitely help get the job. So again, if you end up working at a studio, just always keep your eyes and ears open for different productions that are coming in, shooting there and befriending the people that are participating in that specific shoot. Tip number nine. And while I'm on the topic of working in studios, another great way that I've found work is by reading user reviews of different studios in and around New York. So like I said, New York is my market. That's where I live. That's where I predominantly work. There's a website called Peerspace. That's P-E-E-R-S-P-A-C-E.com, peerspace.com. And it's kind of like an Airbnb, but specifically for shooting locations. A lot of producers and cinematographers use Peerspace to find the ideal place to shoot, whether it's a studio or maybe an apartment or a loft apartment here in Brooklyn, that's film friendly. So when I search for spaces in New York, I try to go down to you know the user reviews of people that I've actually shot in these different spaces, and I'm able to read the reviews. And in addition to the reviews, I'm able to also find the names of the producers who've rented these studios. So to me, that basically states that this producer shot at the studio so most likely this producer is local and or works for a production company that's you know in the tri-state area. And it's a great lead for me to be able to reach out to and send them an email with my you know resume, with a link to my portfolio, and just to kind of just reach out to them and just say, hi, I'm Tom, I'm a gaffer. I live here in New York. Maybe I've shot at that studio before and I saw that you left a, a user review. If you're ever in need of a gaffer in New York, please reach out. I'd love to work with you. Again, 
doesn't work always, but it's just a really good way to find leads and hopefully get more work. Tip number 10. So another really, really essential part of freelancing is being able to constantly stay in contact with your network, with your colleagues. If you work on a, say, film production, let's say it's a short film and you meet some production assistants on there, make sure to keep all their information and reach out to them from time to time. Stay on their radar. If you have a week that you don't have any jobs booked, make sure to reach out to them and say like, hey, we work together on such and such shoot. My last gig just finished and I've got about seven or eight days of downtime. If you're working on any productions and you hear of anything that you know might need a production assistant, let me know. I'd love to jump on and work with you again. Just constantly reaching out to your old network and just staying top of mind will generate more and more work. It's something that's usually overlooked. Some people don't feel comfortable reaching out to other people asking them for work. But again, if you're freelancing, it's just part of the grind. You have to constantly be churning work. And in order to do that, you have to basically stay in contact with your network as much as possible. With film production, oftentimes we work together for long periods of time, and then we don't see each other for months or sometimes even years on end. But just being able to stay in contact with old colleagues is just a great way to find work because your friends and colleagues who may have forgotten who you are because they haven't seen you in six months, they're constantly getting new gigs and they're getting asked by productions, hey, do you know of anyone that can also do this? And if you just stay in contact with them, it'll be a really good way to make it easy for them to be able to recommend you to the jobs that they're currently working on. Tip number 11. Okay, my next tip is a little bit controversial. I've seen some really heated debates happen on Facebook about it but I think it's something worth talking about. So one way to get work that I found is by owning your own gear. When you invest in your own equipment, it makes it easier for productions to be able to hire you because you're bringing all the gear. They don't have to send someone to a rental house to go pick it up and drop it off at the end of the shoot. Usually when they hire professionals that have their own equipment, if something, let's say, goes wrong on set, Usually that owner operator knows how to troubleshoot, knows how to fix it because that gear is theirs. They've worked with it on a lot of other shoots. So having your own gear to offer to productions makes you really marketable. Now, it's kind of a tricky subject though, because when you own gear, you have to basically let productions know that you have gear. So in addition to just like buying, let's say an expensive camera or an expensive light or an expensive boom or mixer, you have to actively promote it, let people know that you have this kind of gear. I tell all people that are thinking about investing in gear, make sure you have a website to promote that gear. List every piece of equipment that you own, make sure that it's insured, make sure that it's well taken care of because if you get hired for a job and you bring your own camera and it breaks on set because it wasn't maintained, that looks really bad on you and that producer may never hire you again for the specific job because your gear is kind of shoddy. So just make sure that you're constantly keeping it maintained. But there is a caveat to owning your own gear. Before investing in gear, you have to make sure that if you do buy, you know, let's say a camera or a boom or whatever, you have to make sure that you have the clients that are currently hiring people with that specific piece of gear. Um, I see a lot of young filmmakers buy really expensive cameras and then they sit on these cameras for months and it doesn't earn them a penny and they're paying interest on all the loans that they took out to get the gear. So it's kind of a tricky thing because you want to buy gear to get work. But sometimes if you buy the wrong piece of gear and you don't have the clientele to give you the right jobs, you're going to end up losing a lot more money than you would have made just by renting it at a rental house. So always try to make sure that you have the active demand from your clients before purchasing a piece of gear. If you're constantly working and you have, you know, a good cushion of money and you want to invest in a little bit of gear, absolutely go for it. It'll definitely help you out in the long run. But just keep in mind that things happen. I knew of a cinematographer that ended up buying an Alexa package and then right before the pandemic, and he was sitting on this Alexa package with lenses and everything for months and months and months paying interest. And he took out a big loan to buy it and he just didn't have any work. Now, granted, that's kind of an outlier of a situation, but still, it's something that you have to really keep in mind is that if you're taking out loans to buy any kind of equipment, um, 
if, you know, God forbid something happens and you're not able to rent that camera out, is it going to sink your operation? Are you going to be able to still pay, make repayments with interest with that piece of gear? So again, owning gear, it's a good thing. You'll be able to practice with it. You'll be able to assist friends on their short films. You'll be able to really use whatever piece of gear, but just make sure that you're able to hopefully get your return on investment ROI on that specific piece of gear. Tip number 12. Okay, circling back to social media, there's LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, I feel like is kind of like a forgotten platform in the film industry. A lot of people use Instagram, a lot of people use Facebook, a lot of people use Twitter, but I feel like a lot fewer people use LinkedIn. LinkedIn, for those of you who don't know, it's a professional platform basically for people that are searching for jobs or looking for to grow their careers, change careers. So it's a really useful platform. For me, I use LinkedIn quite a bit to find leads. So what's cool about LinkedIn is I can type in the city that I wanna find leads in, and I can type in the job title of the person that I'm searching for. So, you know, if I'm trying to reach out to more producers, I can search executive producer or associate producer, and I can set the parameters to New York City. It's amazing how many producers are on there that I, you know, haven't worked with and that I would love to work with. Some of them work for agencies. Some of them own their own production companies. Some, you know, put together like short films and feature films. So again, it's a really easy and fast way to find viable leads and get in contact with them. Oftentimes when I find people on LinkedIn, I'll then try to search for them on Facebook and Instagram. I'll do a little bit of stalking just to see what kind of projects are they working on? What kind of connections do they currently have? If I find someone on LinkedIn that's a viable lead and I will search for them on Facebook, we may have 15 mutual friends. And then at that point, when I reach out to them, I can basically let them know, oh, well, you know, so you work with uh, John and Mike also. Like I've worked with both those dudes. They're really nice. They're great. So it kind of creates a little bit of trust because you're not just a complete stranger. You're at least a few degrees of separation from these producers. So again, a good way to get work is through LinkedIn. And also something that's often overlooked is the professional groups that are on LinkedIn. There are cinematographer groups. There are sound engineer groups. There are indie filmmaker groups on LinkedIn. And again, you can set the parameters so you can hopefully connect with filmmakers that are in and around your area that you can collaborate with. LinkedIn, unlike Facebook, they do offer different tiered platforms where you can pay for certain bells and whistles. But for the most part, you can get away with just like the free platform, being able to search, well, first of all, creating a profile for yourself, then also being able to search for a specific leads in certain industries. You don't necessarily need a premium account. You can use the basic account and do just fine. Tip number 13, build a website and host your resume on there. Having a website sets you apart from a good majority of other filmmakers who don't have websites. And by hosting your resume on there, it allows your friends and your colleagues to share your resume and website with other people that are hiring for a job that maybe they're not available for. If you have a website, encourage your friends to share it with other producers or people that are looking for someone that has your skill set or has your background. You should be updating your resume monthly and list the department heads of who you've worked with. Because again, it's a really small industry. And if you list several department heads that you've worked for, either a department head or a producer who may be potentially hiring you, they may give you more preferential treatment to get the job because they've worked with some of the department heads in the past and they can also cross-check their references because they know previous department heads who you've worked for. You should also include your website link in your email signature, just making it really easy for people to just see you know, your cover letter email and then click on a link and then learn more about you on your website. If you have like a reel also, obviously, you should share it there on your website. You should always list the skills that you have that give you a competitive edge over someone else that may be applying for the same position. If you have a car or you even know how to drive a truck, as basic as that seems, it's a really sought after skill that a lot of producers and department heads are always looking for in their applicants. So be sure to list that. 
include photos of you on set. If you have social media, you should invite website visitors to follow you on social media. So that way it helps you stay top of mind whenever they're crewing up for their next job. I mean, I've been working now for probably over 13 years now as a gaffer. And I can say from firsthand experience that I still get asked for a resume. And if I had to email, you know, every resume uh, manually, it's a pain in the butt, but it's just a lot easier via text message or email to just drop a link to your website. And then that way it just allows producers to, to not only see my, my resume, but also, you know, poke around and learn more about me through my website. Tip number 14, check the credits of the films and videos you already watch online. I watch tons of videos online on websites like The Verge, The Wall Street Journal, The New York Times, Eater.com, and most of these videos, when they wrap up, they display the credits of the people that are involved in the making of those videos. These credits will show you crew members like producers, cinematographers, editors, sound engineers, food stylists, etc. Now, because I work as a gaffer and my bosses are usually DPs, I'll keep track of those DPs and look for them on social media and I'll follow them. And I'll also sometimes send them a DM and I'll compliment them on, you know, having watched their video online and having really enjoyed the video that they shot for XYZ website. And I'll also inform them that I work as a gaffer and that I'm based here in New York and I have a website that shows some of my work. And if they ever have any personal projects coming up for them to reach out to me, that I want to try to actively help them. And hopefully by me working on their personal projects, when they have a commercial job that comes up, they'll end up hiring me and my company to help them out on their shoots. Now, let's say that you're a aspiring sound engineer. What I would do is I would wait till the end of the video, find out exactly who recorded the sound, whether it was like the boom operator or just the, the mixer. And then I'll DM them via Facebook or LinkedIn on Instagram. And I'll just send them a, just a personalized message, letting them know that, hey, I'm an aspiring sound engineer. I would really like to like, learn more about sound editing and, and mixing and holding a boom or whatever. And so if you have any shoots coming up, let me know. And I wanna try to help you out. And again, it's not guaranteed that you're gonna get the job or that the person will even reply, but it's a really good icebreaker. And if you hit the right person at the right time, they may have a job coming up where they need, you know, a, a intern or, you know, a junior assistant to come out and help them out on whatever shoot. So again, it's just a good way to kind of meet professionals who are already working and creating content and connecting with them online and hopefully drumming up some more work for yourself. Tip number 15, the final tip that I have in order to find work in New York is to attend professional events and virtual events. Now, because of Corona, a lot of the brick and mortar face-to-face -face networking events that have happened in the past are now virtual. But I think now with the vaccines rolling out, we will be seeing a lot more face-to-face -face and in-person events happening. So, you know, I would attend different kinds of professional workshops. The ones that come to mind are B&H, Adorama, Able Cine, Beyond Film School, run by Amber, who I interviewed on an episode of, like last month and also Light Bulb and Grip run by Adam Richland. These are all really, really good in-person networking events. Some of them have taken a little bit of a break during the pandemic, but I think in the next month or two with the vaccines rolling out, you'll be seeing a lot more of these face-to-face -face industry nights and networking events. So good way to just meet people face-to-face. -face. Whenever I've attended these events, it's pretty cool because I've seen all these people on Facebook for so many years. And then when I actually attend the events, I get to see the people face-to-face. -face. We get to have conversations about movies or just whatever. And just by creating those face-to-face -face connections, we'll just hopefully make it a lot easier for them to be able to refer me to jobs that they get in the future. So like I said, right now there's these virtual events. They're okay. They're great just to learn information, especially the workshops that B&H and Adorama and Able City that they offer. You know, it's always good to learn more about the craft. But again, attending these face-to-face -face networking events makes it a lot easier just to meet people in the industry and hopefully drum up more work. Today's episode was sponsored by the Available app. 
Finding qualified crew members for a film and TV production is a daunting and time-consuming task. The available app makes it easy to streamline the booking process and gives you full control of hiring and management by utilizing your network to find and communicate with your crew. It allows you to quickly see who's available to work on set immediately. Download the available app today on the Apple and Google Play stores. Okay, so that wraps up my 15 tips on how to find work as a freelance filmmaker here in New York. If you're having a hard time finding work and need advice on targeting specific kinds of film jobs, please post your questions on the NYC Video Podcast Facebook group, and I'll try to answer them as fast as possible. Hopefully, if I don't know the answer, someone else in that group can chime in and offer helpful advice. Working in production requires us all to hustle our asses off, especially when we're just starting out or transitioning from one role on set to another. The one thing I can say is that talent in this industry will only get you so far. A successful filmmaker needs to have ambition and a hustler mentality. Be friendly to all crew members and stay focused and be as helpful as possible to a production, even when things get stressful, which they will, I can guarantee it. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope you're able to take away some helpful advice by listening to the show. As always, be sure to subscribe to be alerted whenever we put out new episodes. And lastly, my team and I work really hard to keep the show going because it's important to offer free education to the freelance filmmaker community and discuss obstacles we all deal with throughout our careers. If you want to make a small donation via our Anchor listener support page, I've dropped a link in the show notes below. Also, if you or your business would like to run a sponsored ad and connect with local filmmakers here in the tri-state area, please get in touch with us via our website. The link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Tom Chavez, and this is the NYC Video Podcast. I'll see you on set. Thank you.